Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? For he's a jolly good fellow, for he's a jolly good fellow, for he's a jolly good fellow. Say my name. I am the father. Real wise man. Hey, big boy. Oakley dokely do. Are you little? Let's rock. Hey, welcome back to the Not Half Dad podcast. My name is Aaron Selberg, and I am with myself today. Um, I have Bob with me, but other than that, I'm by myself. Dan is late, and uh, it's an episode that I don't really think that... uh, What's that? I don't know when he's going to get here. I don't know. He was supposed to be here at 9.30. It is 9. 35 and I'm not going to wait anymore. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the not have dad podcast. In today's episode, we're actually going to be discussing a pretty heavy topic, which I'm surprised that uh, he's not here for. Uh, and he just walked in. Hey. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that, man. No, it's fine. Traffic, traffic. All right. Let's I, I've already started. Uh, today's topic is death and dying. That's right. Unfortunately, it's going to be a bit of a heavier subject, but uh, it's something that I think we should talk about. How to handle it with your kids, uh, what to talk about, and just overall, we're going to talk about our experiences with death and dying. How's it going, Dan? It's going good, man. I've never ran so fast in my life. And then you started the show without me. Told you I was to start. Prompt. At 9:30. You, you say prompt at nine thirty. I did. I thought that meant there was a grace period of fifteen minutes, because you know me, I'm I'm going to be late for my own funeral, which kind of seems appropriate. I think that that kind of ties into our topic today. All right. Well, let's go back in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Back in my day. Mm-hmm. Well, well, let's take a stroll down what? memory lane. What behind your thing over there? There's a spider? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Oh, I got him. I got him. I got him. Oh, oh yeah, he's coming forward. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, my God. Oh, he's lost. Okay, I'm going <laughs> oh, to get him. Because he's going to get you. Should I leave this in there? Yes, you should leave ah. it in there. I want everybody to see just how scared you are of spiders. I hate them. Okay, I got him. They're disgusting. I got him. What do you want me to do with him? I don't know. I'm not killing him. Because he takes care of the bad bugs. Put him in a cup there, and we'll take him outside. Put him in that cup, flip it over or something, we'll take it outside. There you go. Spider problem solved. I feel like I just saved my sons or or Amanda from the spiders. Well, it's lucky you were here. I would have just smashed it. You, it that, th- that was big. He had feet. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he, he not he only had size, legs. He wore size men's 13 shoe on yeah. each foot. Yeah. He, 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 he 13s. Not just legs. He had giant feet, and he was hairy, too. But you know what? I'm not scared of spiders. I'll pick one up and just hold it. Because you know what? If you're, not, if you're not scared of them, they won't be scared of you. Wait, is that? No, that's bees. 
doesn't matter. Aaron, I'm not scared of spiders, and you are, okay? I am, yeah. So I here we go. For saving Aaron's life, yes. You're very, oh, thank you. You guys are very welcome. For Aaron being scared of bugs, I know. He is just such a wuss sometimes. Yeah, no, he's just about a, no, don't leave. No, I, that was a joke. That's why we have the sound effects, my friend. That's why we have the sound effects. Such a dick. <laughs> I am on it today. I am just, my, uh, my fingers are just tingling over these buttons. Okay. Tardy to the party. To, uh, listen. And easy to make jokes. It's easy to make jokes when. There, there was a, 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 a guy on a bicycle that wrecked right in the middle of the road, backed up traffic. I got out and helped him with my I'm voice. I'm going to Google this. No, 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 no. no. You don't need to do that. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. no. Yeah, I don't think it's going to make its way into mm-hmm. the Dunlap Times. But, uh, it's the Gazette. I, oh, sorry. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> the Dunlap Gazette. I'm the editor-in-chief. <laughs> well, then make sure we you have, write. We have one other person on staff. Do you know who it is? Yeah. Me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make sure you write about a bicycle accident on the main drag. Trust me, it I'm happened. Also, the photographer, <laughs> editor, the whole nine yards. That's right. So, uh, okay, it's time. Right. It's yeah, time for us to here. just push it back down to that. <sighs> I think. I think us being this humorous is trying to avoid the topic. I think so. Which yes. I think is is kind of par for the course for yes. for me, anyway. It's like uh, I'm like, oh, well, I'm just gonna go distract myself. Avoid those. Sensitive topics yeah. with humor. Yes. I call uh, the, this specific to- topic, subject, whatever you want to classify it as, as the noid. So I try to avoid the noid. In he, he a Domino's? <laughs> yeah. He Mascot? Yeah. No, he's back. Is he back? He's back, oh man. Oh, my gosh. I All used right. to play Yo Noid on the Nintendo. I yeah. used to have the little action figures. Here I, we go, avoiding the subject. Love again. the Noid. Let's talk about You know what? We're changing the topic. <laughs> this is going to be an hour-long topic on the mascot <laughs> for Domino's Pizza, the, the Noid. The, the, 90s to, or the 90s mascots. Yes. Yes, that's genius. The spot from 7-Up oh, or whatever it was. That's genius. I yeah. love that. I is love it? that. No, it's oh, okay. not. So anyway, um, so here we are. We are dealing with a very, very tough topic for some people. Other people, no. They can just say, hey, they're saying, yeah. this person passed away, and they take it from there. Um, for us, we have um, we have young ones that range in ages from... Six to nine. And nine to almost 16. Mm-hmm. So you have to explain stuff differently to them when there's that seven-year age gap. Um, but back when I was young, um, didn't really have a whole lot of scenarios. I think the first person I remember dying was my great-grandmother, Grandma Bohannon. Can you remember the first person that you had to deal with when it came to death in your family when you were young? Some, I think it was my grandma's... Like he was like my, I guess step grandpa. I don't know step grandpa. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. And do, I don't remember his name. Do you remember how it uh, how it went down? Did you go to the funeral? Did you? I think I remember going to the funeral, but I don't really remember it that much. Yeah. Um, that's the thing is like my my family didn't really. I mean, this so surprised my family doesn't communicate about really anything because I've talked about that for twenty five episodes now. 
twenty six episodes. <laughs> they don't they don't talk about anything. I think uh twenty three yeah. of those episodes have been strictly that yeah that, that that conversation. Yeah about uh so at least we've got three episodes about other stuff in. That's good. Yeah. No, I'm 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 joking completely. No. But but the thing is though, man, um it's one of those like we said, it's one of those yeah. topics it's, that sometimes you just want to avoid. It happens, you know, it's a it's a reality and a part of life and unfortunately it does happen. But Yeah. I, I think that uh I think that we'll get into this a little bit more later, but as adults now, as parents now, my wife and I try to be a little bit more, I don't want to say educational, but like we try to have those discussions. We try to have those um, uh, talks about what it means and, and stuff like that. And cause you know, I mean, little kids, they don't really understand. Like, yeah, we'll get into it later. That, that's what I'm, I'm wanting to, to get some details from you about what you're talking about there, about how, how you guys go about doing it. Yeah. Uh, I know that I had a situation, um, you know, like I said, my grandma Bohan, and I remember uh, running around the front yard of her house. Mm-hmm. Everybody had their lawn chairs out, and I remember Grandma Bohannon had lost a leg mm-hmm. uh, due to gangrene. And oh, uh, I remember running around the yard, and then my my the most vivid memory I have because I was a little guy was running around her chair and seeing that she didn't have a leg, and just kind of being like, uh-huh. just <laughs> I I was just. Staring. Did and you not know that she didn't have a leg? I don't think so because I was so young. Sure. Like nobody talked to me. Yeah, gotcha. your grandma doesn't have a leg. It, it just, it but you know what? <laughs> it was great grandma and she was a sweetie and uh, just an amazing woman. Just want you to know, from, grandma doesn't have a leg. Yeah, from what I understand. So that was the first time that I dealt with something like that. So not a loss of a loved one, but a loss of a limb. And that'd be intense, man. Yeah. How old do you think you are? Uh, I would say probably f- maybe four <laughs> maybe i can't even imagine being a four-year-old and being like oh my gosh what happened there's, to your leg there's nothing there do you have an imaginary invisible sock on knee-high sock i just didn't <sighs> so weird yeah but no she it wasn't there that would be just, it was just actually gone. i wouldn't be able to yeah comprehend that I don't think. but I think uh like four years old yeah but grandma bohannon <laughs> uh she was the first one uh that, that passed away and that was the first time that mom and dad had to explain to me that uh, that she was gone mm-hmm. and uh i don't have a good recollection of it and and i don't think they would either because it was so long ago i just know that uh i don't I don't remember if I went to the funeral or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I did, they kept it very you know, quick. They they didn't bring a lot of attention to it. I think right. they just said, hey, bring some toys with you. I'm sure that's how it happened because I, right. I was four. I don't remember. But uh, that was the first time. And I remember thinking uh, in my head, though, so I'll never see this person again? That's... That's kind of crazy, yeah. But then you're so young, you kind of just you, you you move on, you deal with it. You think, man, that's sad, and then you you know start learning more and more as you get older. I think at like four years old, you don't really under. You're just like, oh, I'm not going to see him again. Okay, yeah, that's okay. Whatever you say, yeah, yeah. You know, and it doesn't really hit you. Yeah, it it and and, and, and that young, I don't think it would ever really hit you. You know what I mean? No, no. There's never, there would never, uh, to me, I don't think there would be a lot of latent, like, oh man, I'm, I miss this person I met 
when I was four. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, there's not there's not a lot, lot of emotional attachment like you would have with your parents and that kind of right. stuff. But uh, um, so that was my first dealing with it. Um, and then uh, moving on, kind of my big story uh, for this episode is uh, when I was 12, my uh, uncle PJ, who was uh, 16, he was a few years older than I was, uh, about four years older, and uh, my two second cousins, uh, PJ was my uncle, John and Rick were my second cousins, and uh, they were killed in a, an automobile accident, and they were uh, 14 and 17, Rick being 14, John was 17, and um, um, they it was a rather intense uh, situation. They uh, uh, Their car... Uh, they were on a back country road. Their car flipped over into a drainage ditch, and uh, they they all they all passed away. And uh, it, you're talking three families there. Yeah. You know, my my mom's side of the family are just in, intensely close mm-hmm. uh, group of of people, and uh, so when you have three of the kids from that family that pass away, it was uh, just tragic just a huge huge ordeal um so pj was my best friend um i i would hang out with him every weekend you know uh i looked up to him he was he was the first person i really looked up to uh had an amazing relationship uh even after my my parents were divorced uh, pj would always would always hang out with my dad, you know. Dad took him under his wing and was, you know, he was still his uh, little buddy. And um, so, yeah, it was really hard. And like I said, I was 12. And uh, uh, not to talk about every detail of it, but uh, I remember getting home. I, I had gotten off the bus, and I saw my dad and his then-girlfriend walking into our house. And I was down the block, and I yelled at him. I said, Dad, and I waved, and he just had his head down, and he walked into the house. Mm -hmm. And um, I walk into the house, and he's sitting down, and his girlfriend is rubbing his shoulder, and uh, I was just confused. And uh, I walked up, and I remember he sat me uh, down on the chair with him, and uh, he was crying, and he said... um, uh, Uncle PJ, John, and Rick uh, were killed, and it. I mean, right now, just uh, thinking about it's all right. Just thinking about how hard <clears throat> that must have been for him. He has said that that was one of the hardest things that he ever <clears throat> had to uh, had to do was tell me that. Because he knew how close I was with uh, with PJ yeah. and the boys, and uh, so yeah, it was it was a. Um, now, as a dad looking back, it's like man, I can't even imagine right. the pressure, uh, not only for him to lose somebody that he was close to, but <clears throat> for him to have to tell me that yeah. that one of my closest, you know compadres one of my closest human beings on the planet to me is is now gone it was it was rough and i remember he told me that and i just it was a wave that that went over me it was like a a a very strange rush of of energy 
that uh, just kind of went over my body almost like goosebumps. And then I remember uh, instantly being very, very upset, but wanting to comfort my dad mm-hmm. uh, because I saw that he was hurting. It's rare to see your dad cry. Right. So um, that was my, <clears throat> that was a big one. And uh, to this day, it's, I still, uh, I think about PJ almost every day. Uh, it never goes away. Um, we had a lot of happy times, so that 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 helps to think of the good times. And uh, uh, but yeah, that was that was a that was a a moment. Uh, you know, especially when you're dealing with somebody that passed away that was so young, and then there's three of them uh, in the family. Uh, it's just. Um, uh, to have to relay that to your child um, is just harrowing. And, and he did it in the best way that he could, and I thought that he handled it now, looking back, very well. Yeah. Because he was emotional, but he made sure that he was embracing me. He made sure that I was, um, uh, you know, uh, right there by him to where whenever I started getting upset or however I handled it, boom, he was right there to be able to to be a dad and to, to, to take care of his son and, 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 you know, all of my needs that I, that I would have. And, uh, it was an intense thing, man. It was a really intense thing. Um, I think the most significant thing that's ever been said to me in my life, um, that night, everybody got together at my grandmother's house and we all mourned and we all, uh, it was all three of the families were together and we, everybody was crying in mm-hmm. different parts of the house and stuff. They had a candlelight vigil at the church. It was right next door. But at one point in time, my grandmother, who is, has since passed away, Barb, uh, Grandma Frizzell, she uh, uh, just in the midst of everybody walking around and stuff, her and I came together and she grabbed me and gave me a big hug. And she said, PJ loved you. That's all she said. And it was the most significant thing. So, yeah. So it's it's tough. It's tough, man. How old were you when that happened? Twelve. Man. Twelve. So it was Good it Lord. was a lot to swallow, but uh <clears throat> I think about that all the time. I yeah. think about uh um you know, the situation and PJ and, and, and John and Rick, anytime I'm driving past a spot where it happened, you know, I always have my little moment, uh, with those guys. And, uh, but yeah, the thing about that day was, uh, was, was my grandmother saying that and, and, you know, uh, she just lost a child Yeah, and for her to have the presence of mind, somebody that she knew had such a close relationship with, with PJ to tell me he loved you. Yeah. And it's like, it's the most significant thing ever said to me. And I don't know if it'll ever, ever be beat right next to, uh, I'm pregnant. You know, my, when, when, when Amanda told me that she was pregnant, which was just, you know, you never forget that. Mm -hmm. That's just such a, that's, that's the moment. But, uh, as far as significant stuff. So sorry to, to go on so long about that, but it it was a, that is me dealing with, and you see, um, I'm, you know, I'm a 38 year old dad now and, uh, look how many years ago that happened and it still affects you. Yeah. And the point that I want to make is 
it's it's it affects me, but it it affects me because it's happy stuff that I think about. I don't think about the tragedy of the end. I I think about the relationship that I had with him, and uh, there's a lot of emotion behind that. So, um, it's all in how it was presented to me and how the family dealt with it. Yeah. That today, when I get upset and cry, uh, you know, it's it's because uh, it's from a different point than just pure pure sadness and tragedy, you know? Right. So I think it's uh, important uh, to know how to relay it to the kids. Well, I think it's, it's, uh, it's interesting and I'm sorry that happened. Yeah, I know. I, I appreciate well, you saying you've, that. You've told me that story before and it's still, it's just, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Tragic. I know. I know. It's uh, rough. Um, it, it just kind of goes to show the difference that it, that it makes when you have a parent who, you know, talks to you about it. It's a little bit more of an impact on you as opposed to like my, my situation, my family never really talked about it at all ever. I don't remember ever going to a funeral. I'm so sorry. I had to adjust my chair. I don't remember ever going to a funeral when I was a kid. I think I went to that one and that was it. And that's the only funeral I ever went to. I remember my brother and sister and mom, my dad going to funerals and stuff like that. But, we just, I just never did. And, uh, and I think that was because they just didn't want to have that discussion. Right. Right. You know, um, I will tell a story. I two stories, two quick stories. Um, one to bring a little levity. Um, but the other one is, uh, I think, I think the most, um, I think the most affected, uh, that I was by, death before I met Alyssa was uh, I was in high school and a friend of mine his name was Rick Ricky he uh, he was in a car accident he got hit by he was coming off of an off-ramp he got plowed into by a semi-truck mm. he was in a coma for like five days and then his parents decided that it was time to let him go mm. and that the whole school and he was not like he was not like a crazy popular kid but he was a nice kid he was an ROTC, and people liked him. He was he was nice. And I, when I say the whole school is affected, I mean the entire student body was affected. Yeah, yeah. And that, and he was seventeen. And when someone, when it's someone that young, when it's someone that's like older, it's totally different because it's you know if they're sick or something like that, and they're they're you know. 70, 80, 90 years old, and they're, you know, it's kind of like, it's almost expected. You there's, know what I mean? There's mental preparation. Exactly. Right. When it's something like this, it's just like, boom, and then they're gone. It's like, yeah. how do you prepare? You yeah. know, you can't. Right. Right. So that was the, the one, and that was the one funeral I remember going to when I was, uh, when I was a kid, quote unquote kid. And uh, it was intense, man. It was intense, and, uh, you know, we don't really I, – I never don't really talk about emotions that much. So if I don't get emotional, it doesn't mean that it doesn't affect me. It just affects – everybody gets, is affected in different ways. Right. Uh, the other story I have regarding funerals and death and stuff like that from when I was a kid was, was when I was, like, 18 or something like that, 18 or 19. I was working at Big Lots. I was in high school. And I uh, get off work, and I go to my dad's house. And 
I'm like, what the heck? Why are all these cars here? What the heck's going on? And I pull in. I go inside. And, like, the my dad's entire family is at his house. My brother, my sister, my grandpa, my aunts and uncles. There's this huge spread. Everybody's all in black. I'm like. The whole crew was there. The whole family. I'm like, hey, what's, uh. What's going on, you guys? I was like, what, why was, what's going on here? I'm like, oh, well, we uh, we just got back from Aunt Noni's funeral. I'm like, what? They're like, Aunt Noni, she passed away. I'm like, why? I'm. Wh-? You didn't know? I'm like, no. I'm like, why didn't you guys tell me? They're like, oh, well, you know, you're, you're working. I'm like, I work at Big Lots part-time. I think <laughs> I could have taken a day off. Big Lots would not have been able to function that day. They didn't want to. They didn't want to throw Big Lots off its but game. That's kind of how my family is, right. right? That is the that is the epitome of what my family is when it comes to this kind of stuff. Is they just kind of move past it. They right. just kind of go, "Yep, it happened. Let's move on." And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody no. deals with it differently. Uh, all families deal with it in a different manner. Um, but you're used to it now. Yeah. You're used to that's how your family goes about stuff. Yeah. Uh, do you think that it is uh, more helpful to get around stuff or, or more harmful? Well, I don't know. I think, again, I think it affects everybody differently. Um, I think uh, a lot of it depends on who it is. Um, and, again, I, I've said this in previous episodes, not like not a big – like we've got a big family, but we're not that close. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So – um, so I think that was part of it too, is they're like, eh, Aaron didn't really know Noni. I'm like, I knew her a little bit. I knew her. I, she made hella good baked beans there when you we go. would go to the, uh, when we go to the family reunion. I know that. Um, and, uh, so I don't know. I think it, I think part of me think uh, part of, okay. As an adult, and we'll get into this more here in, in a few minutes, but as an adult, I think it helps because it allows me to process a little bit, it's allow it allows my grief processing abilities to be a little bit quicker, so that I can be there for the people who need it. Well said, well said. I like that. I like that. And that's uh, there are some families uh, that that need an anchor like that, that need somebody like that in the family because uh, when you're all down and out and there's nobody to turn to, that's a rough situation. So yep. you got to have that anchor. Yeah. And so you th- kind of fill that anchor role. Yeah, I think so. Well, that's good. I like to think so. Yeah, that's really good. So it, it is hard to, to talk to your kids about this. And we'll get into this at the end of the show uh, about some ways that you can present uh, uh, death, uh, um, you know, ailments that will lead to, to, to death inevitably. Uh, that kind of stuff. We'll give mm. you some tips on how you can uh, deal with that and some ways to approach that topic. Yeah. But uh, I think it's uh, probably uh, a good time that we... We kind of explain a little bit about how we do it as dads, and uh, probably one of the hardest things that uh, that we experience as parents is how to talk to our children about it. Right here, right now. There's no time like the present. Let's see how Dan, Aaron, and dads do things nowadays. <laughs> All right, man. I I just have to say, in in the transition there, off air, this guy right here next to me checked in on me. Are you okay? 
What I did? I, I'm sorry if you don't want people to know that. I didn't want to ruin your. I don't know why you always have to the, the, the character. The character. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm the grumpy asshole. I know. Dan. I know. But but you know what? I the, have to be the emotionless robot. You are. You have such a giant heart. I just have to say thank you well, in front of everybody. That was very very nice of you to check in on your 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 your, your boy. You're my buddy. I gotta uh, make sure you're. All right. I appreciate that. So uh, likewise. Um, anyway. So Aaron, now we. <laughs> yeah. Now we are adults. You can't prove that. That's true. We <laughs> are parents, and we have to figure out. We have to navigate this whole thing about death and dying and everything that comes along with it, the mourning process and all of that. So you said that you and Alyssa have a way that you go about it, and I would love if we could start this segment off with uh, with that because you guys always have... Uh, a very, very uh, non-traditional sometimes, uh, unique sometimes, but effective way that you guys go about parenting. I want to know how you handle this. All right. Well, um, first of all, I'm going to start by saying this. Um, I mean, you guys heard the story just now about how I'm not really, I'm not going to say that I'm not an emotional person because I, I obviously have emotions. I am. But I. it's easier for me to kind of not ignore them, but be able to kind of put them on the back burner. And typically what I do is I will for first this type of subject, I will usually put it on the back burner and then I will go and process in my own way. And I'll get into that here in a minute. So for the, one of the first things I want to say now that we're in this, this, this part of the show is um, we lost uh, Jerry mm-hmm. about is well by the time this comes out it'll been a been a year ago, and uh, Jerry was such a big part of who I am as a dad now that it's been really really it's been a hard year, especially with COVID and everything like that. So. <clears throat> I just want to say that uh, it was it was kind of difficult for me to be able to, to to go to the kids and go, yeah, this is this is what's uh, what's going on, you know. But as usual, Alyssa, <laughs> who is the uh, who is the genius, I would say genius, and uh, the person who really has the ability to go through and go. Uh, I think we should try this. Oh, okay. And whereas I would just go, yeah, you know, this is what's going on. Or I just wouldn't say anything about it and just wouldn't really acknowledge it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of how my it, dad did it. It, it, it. Sure. So one of the things that we did was we were just honest. We were just upfront and honest with them. And, you know, we were like, uh, Jerry, he was, he was battling cancer for a long time and, um, he, w- he had to go on hospice Mm-hmm. And so we were just honest with them, you know, because we didn't want to we didn't want to not tell them. And then we go over to grandpa's house and he's, you know, got all these machines and everything like that, just monitoring him and stuff like that. And so we were just, you know, grandpa's going to be on hospice and here's what that means. And this is kind of how that works and stuff like that. So Alyssa was just, is always very open and honest and upfront with everything. 
And then another thing that we did was um, she, of course, her her mom, Sheila, who's amazing, um, is a uh, retired, uh, she's a retired school teacher, and she was also a librarian at one point. And so, so Sheila's process and, and the way she does things is there's a book for everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's a book for everything. So there, there, and there literally is. There is. Yeah. And so Alyssa, uh, in the grand tradition of, uh, Alyssa isms, she went out and she found, uh, two really, really good kids books, um, regarding this so one of them is called i miss you and it is a first look at death and the book literally uh you know is a reassuring picture book explores the difficult issue of death for young children it just talks about um how it works and how it's going to affect you and it's written by a psychotherapist and and it's it's amazing it's it's an amazing book and uh, the kids just really uh kind of we're drawn to it and um and i will link to the both of these down in the description and then another book that she got um is a best-selling phenomenon that has its inspired readers around the world it's called the invisible string and this book i <laughs> we've read this book with the kids and by the end of it i would like i couldn't even breathe i was like trying to hold back yeah it's it's just amazing and lola uh, lola occasionally will just go we'll just be walking around with her hand up and i'm like what are you doing she's like oh it's my invisible string to grandpa oh yeah see it's it goes to show you a, a children's book can have you know such in, incredible life lessons on it yeah. and uh you know uh, that that come from it uh and i think that that's see it it stuck with her yeah. And it is a comfort thing for her, that invisible string. Yeah. Uh, that's her way of, of, of bonding with Grandpa that day. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and the uh, I Miss You book, uh, you know, such a, such a tiny little book, <laughs> such a tiny little children's book. It's, it's There's thin. so it's, much in there, though. It's, it's, but that's the thing. Yeah. It, 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 you can pack such a punch. You can, you can get so much out of something so simple as a kid's book. And that is, I think that, that you guys, you guys picked a great route to go about the explanation of, uh, what's happening, what's to come and dealing with what happened. Yeah. So, well, okay. So another, another thing that Alyssa used for herself to kind of prepare for everything, because, you know, I mean, losing a parent is, I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, I mean, it kind of, I went through it basically, you know, so I couldn't even, before I was like, I don't know, I can't even, I'm not even going to think about it. You know, one of the things that she did was, uh, she read a book called, uh, being mortal. And in the book, it discusses, um, it discusses a lot of different things, but it discusses how as a society, we are obsessed with, uh, continuing to try and, and beat death basically and it's written by a doctor there's a documentary it's on youtube i'll link to it down in the description and i watched it with her it's really good and it kind of it talks about hospice and talking about how you know we should uh discuss things with the those that are are going through it like the patients not necessarily necessarily just the kids or our or spouses or whatever but how discussing it with the patient themselves 
you know, we had, she, Alyssa had a discussion with Jerry, um, you know, later on in, in the whole process and talking about, um, uh, talking about, uh, oh my gosh, I can't even think right now. Talking about um, quality of life. Yeah. Right. Right. He's like, you know, when, when we found out everything, he had, he'd had cancer years ago and he got surgery and went through a little bit of treatment and everything. It was good. And then it came back. And when it came back, he, he's just like, no, I don't want to, I, I don't want to do any of that. He had made his choice. And Alyssa was, she was pretty upset initially. But then after having a discussion with him and he's just like, I don't, he's like, I, you know, if, if I'm going to go the last, whatever time period I have on this earth, he's like, I don't want to be hooked up to machines and being sick all the time and going in and out of doctor's offices and all this other stuff. He's like, I want to be here with you guys and enjoy it. And, and I, you know, what? I got to respect that. You, I honestly, I have to be like, I'm like, yeah, I get it. You, you hear that a lot. Yeah. And and for somebody to have the strength to be able to say that is it takes a it takes a special kind of person yeah. you know to yeah. say hey uh, uh, I know this is going to be rough uh, I I want to enjoy the time that I have and they do not let the time that they have be clouded in the inevitable yeah. Yeah, because, you know, you got to think about it. All the medicines he's going to be on, everything, all the treatments he's going to be taking, he's just going to be exhausted and want to sleep all the time. Yeah. Yeah, you can't enjoy. Like, yeah. Um, and, and, and the stuff that you are able to do, if you're not going through those different methods, uh, you can get out more. You can, uh, you know, enjoy other things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just, I think it takes a very strong person to go, I know that this is happening. I know that I'm dying. But I don't want to necessarily prolong life, quote unquote. Yeah, or or because um, uh, prolonged life, you know, you hear that and you're like, "Cool, I get to be alive a little bit longer, but I'm going to be miserable." Yeah, yeah, and that's <laughs> Great. and that's tough. And for a kid to understand that too, yeah. you know, you stop and you say, uh, "Okay, you know, if you had to explain that situation to a kid, man." That's that's a tough thing to wrap your mind around. So what you're telling me, I mean, as a kid, mm -hmm. you would think the first uh, impulse is, so you're telling me that they don't want to be around anymore? And it's like, no, there's a lot more no, 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 to no. it than that. What it is, is they want to be able to enjoy the time that they have right. with you, left with you. Yeah. And um, I think it's all in how you present it. I think it's all in how you explain it. And so what were, what were the girls' reactions whenever you... You, you, you went through and said, hey, here, here's what's going on with Grandpa. And you explained everything. Were they, uh, what, what were their reactions? Because it well, could have been anything. I think initially, for Sylvia specifically, initially it was, she didn't, didn't really get it. Yeah. Because she was still, well, okay, I'll say this. They gave him like maybe three months and he, it was like 18 Wow. Or no, they said 30 days and it was 18 months. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's yeah. So, you know, that just goes to show you never, never really know. Um, so for Sylvia, once we found out that once they said 30 days, that's when Alyssa was kind of like, okay, we got to process and we got to, we have to discuss it with the kids and stuff like that. Cause it could be any day, but we don't know. 
And so we just, you know, we, you know, we started kind of talking about it and kind of like slowly, like, you know, yeah, grandpa's sick and, you know, we get these things going on and we don't really know if he's going to get better. And Lola started kind of, I think Lola kind of picked up on it a little bit quicker than Sylvia. And I don't think Sylvia really got it right away. I think it took it happening for it to kind of go, oh, I see what you're saying now. But she had the information in her little head. Yeah. We gave her the information. We read the books with her and stuff like that. And we prepared her as best as we could. Lola, um, I think Lola, she she really got it like almost immediately. Yeah. She's a little bit older. Um, but yeah, she was, she was, Jerry was a very, very, both Jerry and Sheila are very involved in the kids' lives. You know, the, Jerry would take them to the movies like once a month, every couple of months, whatever. Take them to lunch often, go get milkshakes with them and stuff like that. So he was really, really involved. And, and I'm, I'm glad that, I am glad that we got that last year to really kind of build on all that stuff, yeah so, yeah which is awesome it makes, but, uh, makes you appreciate you yeah. know it's yeah and and uh <clears throat> me coming into the situation i got to to meet jerry on a few different occasions and it was towards the end there he uh, uh but i've said on the show before um we actually have a shirt uh that in, oh, yeah. in, in his uh, memory it's uh what would jerry do see jerry <laughs> Jerry is he was he was like no other person I had ever met mm -hmm. in my life like Alyssa asked him for a box fan because she broke her ankle and she had to stay in her room she's like my room's hot and he comes home with the Admiral which is this gigantic stand freestanding air conditioning unit which is big enough for an entire house <laughs> just for her room Right. And she's like, she's like, oh, she's like, I want, she's like, can I get like some, can you get me some books or something like that? Like some magazines. Can you go to the store for me? Get some magazines. Comes home with a whole TV and like a Blu-ray player. And oh. it's like, he just goes above it. He always, always, always goes above and beyond. His whole thing was never half-assed anything. Never half-assed anything. And and, yeah. and and the generosity is infectious. Yeah. And yeah. the stories, you know, I, I was able to meet him, and we, we had a couple of, uh, of, of conversations. It was nice. Yeah. Um, but uh, hearing the stories and putting the, the face with the, the stories that I hear uh, – Man, there's not a lot of them out there like that. No. He was he was a very you know one of a kind, generous kind, and and Amanda she grew up. Mm, uh, yeah, uh, you I always forget my, about that. Yeah, my kids, my kids' mom, uh, she grew up with uh, Jerry and Sheila, yep. um, where she was over there all the time. Uh, Alyssa and uh, and Amanda were best friends uh, growing up, and so. She had a first-hand account of Jerry yeah. and just everything that was ever brought up about him. Before I met him, before I knew who Jerry was, yeah. she would say he was like a father figure to me, the most generous man. Yeah. And uh, so it was cool that I got to meet him. You know, I had I had a couple instances. We had dinner at uh, their house that one night, mm -hmm. and he was talking to me about uh, his old work stuff. Do and, you remember uh, what we had for dinner that night? Uh, we had, was it Sloppy Joe's? Sloppy Joe's. Sloppy Joe's, one of my favorite foods. <laughs> you are lying. It is. I, I could eat them. I could eat them every day. <laughs> You're so. <laughs> for lunch and dinner. Sheila, 
I'm sure is listening to this. And and she made amazing sloppy joes. <laughs> she does make good sloppy joes. They were really good. Uh, so Lying ass. <laughs> Uh-huh. Didn't we figure that out the other day when yes. you were t- we were talking yes. about foods we hate? And I go, yeah, I hate sloppy joes. You go, wait, what, uh, Sheila made sloppy joes wait, for us. We then. had sloppy what? joes, and I, yeah. what you didn't see was every time I took a bite, it was like in the movies. I was, mm, and I was throwing it behind my head. You'd like take a bite, and then you'd be like with a napkin. Mm, yeah, oh, oh, it's so delicious. Oh my yeah. gosh, it's so good. <laughs> and then I just have an entire sloppy Joe of bites in my lap <laughs> and a napkin. It was just... <laughs> no, it was uh, really, really good. Yeah. I will just say that. It was really good. Uh, but anyway, so Jerry was a he- heck of a guy. That's why uh, on our merch store we have uh, WWJD. What would Jerry do? What would Jerry do? Because yeah. he is the epitome of a dad. Yeah. He is uh, a dad that did everything right, uh, had a great heart, and, uh, you know, uh, it, it's a shame we lost him, but you know what? His lasting effects and the stuff that you had learned from him as a dad, the stuff that I learned through you from him is just incredible. Uh, his legacy lives on yep. because uh, he was a shining example. Um, kind of going off of that a little bit, um, uh the really the only time that we've had to deal with death in our family, uh, uh, Rico has had a few of his relatives pass away. Yeah, um, and it's been very emotional. And all we can do is be there for him. Uh, you know, anything he needs, uh, get that emotion out, a shoulder to cry on. And you know, he's older, so he. He understands the whole concept of death and, and all of that. And uh, um, so he handled it very well, though. And yeah. uh, he was respectful to the situation. Um, and, and some kids are like that. With Parker, um, the only time that he's had to deal with it was when he was young. He was, he was, uh, he was a young guy, and my grandfather passed away, Paul Belk. And Paul was just one of those guys they don't make him they, they, they don't make him like that anymore yeah yeah world war ii veteran uh just liked to, always had a smile on his face uh always just kind of just happy just there uh friendly could talk to anybody he's just i think that's why my dad is like that i think that's why i am like that is because grandfather Elk was just a people person, and just a, a, when you're around him, it was infectious. That positivity was infectious, and I made it a point um, that when Amanda was working third shifts at the hospital on a Friday night, it would be or a Saturday night, it would be because she, she worked the weekends. It would be just Parker and I sometimes because Rico would go spend the night over at his grandparents' house. So every time we had the opportunity, we would do it once a week, most weeks. Uh, we would drive to Pekin. We would pick Grandpa Belk up. Parker was just a little baby. He was just, you know, we were still crunching up his French fries on his <laughs> on his plate or his uh, high chair, and he was just kind of mashing pieces into his mouth. That's how young he was. And um, we... I would always try to take a picture every once in a while. Hey, we're gonna do a selfie, and we're gonna. I know you me, took pictures. The man. Do you want? Do you want to hear the count of how many no, I have I on my phone? Here we go. Oh right gosh. now, I am sitting at on my phone uh, forty thousand two hundred sixty-eight pictures. How do you have room for anything else? Because I only use the best. Then I have one thousand three hundred ninety-seven videos. We have the same phone. 
Yeah, but I have uh, I have a pretty bad butt cloud that I am hooked on oh, to. Yeah, it's like a, I pay like $700 a month for a ter- terabyte <laughs> worth of space online in my cloud. So yeah, it works out well. Uh, there you go. Anyway, uh, so Grandpa Belk, great guy. I wanted to make sure that Parker had interactions with him, even though Parker probably doesn't remember it. But we had those photos. We have all of that stuff. We would always get together. He would tell me his stories. Towards the end there, he would tell me a story, and then he would turn around and tell me the exact same story. And you know what? I loved it because I would just I would just go along with it yeah. because it was bringing him so much joy to tell that story. And even though I heard it five minutes ago, I would laugh just as much as I did the first time because I, you know, I knew he's not going to be around forever. And yeah. I want to make sure that I enjoy every second of time with him. Then he passed away. And when he passed away, uh, you know, we knew that, that it was coming and uh, uh, he passed away, and it was, uh, it, it was you know, of course, very, very sad. Uh, but at his funeral, I was able to get up and talk. My dad said, you know, I don't, I don't feel comfortable. I wouldn't be able to make it through. I said, you know what, I want to I get up and talk at, at uh, Grandpa's funeral. And um, I, I, I guess now it's kind of cool that my kids got to see that see how I was dealing with uh, uh, the loss because I got up there and I told about how he was a great man, about how he was, uh, 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 you know, a godly man, uh, uh, led a very clean life, hard worker, and just a, just a joy to be around. But then I told a story. <laughs> and, I, and, and I told the story of one time he was uh, helping out his Uncle Shifty. And uh, the boys build the new church in Pekin. And uh, they were all sitting around. uh, Well, Shifty was back at his house, but he was helping the boys uh, build the new church. And they said, hey, we want you to go to your Uncle Shifty's house. We want you to go over there and get a block stretcher. And Grandpa was like, and Grandpa was a boy at this time. And so Grandpa goes, okay, sure, well go over to the uncle's house and get a block stretcher. So he goes over there and he goes, uh, yeah, hey, uncle, uh, I need a block stretcher. And his uncle laughed. He laughed and laughed and he goes, you do realize there's no such thing as a block stretcher, right? (laughs) And grandpa goes, oh, yeah, I know that. But while I'm here with you, they're back doing all the work. (laughs) And I thought... That is a perfect story because it was witty. That's how he was. He was just, you know, uh, th- that was his type of humor, the the dad jokes type of thing. Genius. You know? Yes. Yeah. So um, uh, when it came time to, to explain to the boys, we said, uh, you know, grandpa's passed away. Yep. And uh, uh, he's up in heaven now. And we, we went that route. Um, and... Parker, like I said, was was too young. The the point that it got me, and and I think there's probably a lot of, of, of parents out there, a lot of dads out there that that have these points. It's when you're saying your goodbye, and you are having your moment where it's the last time that you're up at the casket, or it's the last time that you're going to be there with them, and you're trying to process that, but then. You, you know, you also have your kids with you. Mm-hmm. And I had to explain to Parker, I said, uh, because he was so young, um, 
I think he was inquisitive on what was going on seeing Grandpa lay there, and I said, Grandpa is sleeping. And I knew that he wasn't going to be old enough to really remember that. So to kind of, you know, he's looking around seeing people upset and somber and stuff. I just said, hey, Grandpa is sleeping. And when I said that, uh, it was extremely tough to keep Mm -hmm. it together. Uh, But it worked. And he, you know, okay. And then Mom carried him out of the room, and I was able to have my moment then. But uh, that's how I handled it. And uh, I think that it, I I wouldn't have changed it. I wouldn't change it for anything. It worked out well. And then Rico was old enough to understand what we were doing. And so it didn't really take any explanation for him. So that's, that's how I went about doing it. And then as he got older, what's cool now is I can show him. And he knows from all of the pictures. I got a picture hanging in the house. Um, you know, on my phone, anytime I come across pictures of me and Rico, uh, Rico and I, Parker, all with Grandpa, uh, I'll show them. And Parker knows him through photos yeah, and stories. And he'll say, uh, yeah, didn't great Papa, blah, 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 blah. Great Papa, blah, 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 blah. And he'll bring up great Papa in heaven sometimes. And it's like, that's awesome, man. That's awesome that it... Uh, without actually having a memorable relationship with him, he was still part of his life through photos and stories. And uh, I think that that is a, such a cool thing, such yeah. a cool, cool thing. So that's been really the only uh, form of, of dealing with death and dying that we've had to with our children. Um, but uh, my hat's off to you and Alyssa for how you guys handled it. Um I think, uh, if you don't mind, after we're done here, I'm, I think I'm going to read this invisible string. Sure. The invisible string, because I think that that is a, uh, a great way to, to kind of explain and to continue that relationship even after they're gone for kids and, and whoever has passed. So, uh, Aaron, I do have a few uh, tips that I would like to, uh, to throw out there, if you don't mind. Yeah. I need somebody. You've got mail. And now a word from our audience. Okay, we've got, uh, you know, this has been kind of a an emotional, a touchy uh, show here, a subject. But uh, I did find in psychologytoday.com. Uh, the do's and don'ts of talking with a child about death. And I thought that this was a great article. It's parenting tips to help grieving children. And, of course, they have to have the saddest picture. Look at this, Aaron. It's the saddest picture I've ever seen in my life. Is that a hippo? It's a, it's <laughs> it's a, a sad hippo. black and white picture of a sad-looking hippo stuffed animal sitting by a window. Good Lord. Just with the head and the eyes are just tearing up. My gosh. I don't know if I want to read any more of this article. That picture, Hopefully it's better than some of your other articles. That, oh, you dirty dog. <laughs> I thought they were. Hopefully they helped somebody, Aaron. Okay? Yeah. The do's. What they say the do's are for. You know what? We're going to start with the don'ts. We're going to start with the don'ts. Um, they say the don'ts are don't hide your grief from your child. Yep. Let it out. If you're upset, if you're crying, let it out. They need to see that that that... that Showing emotion is okay. 
Don't be afraid to share memories of your loved ones. Like I said, that's what we do with Grandpa Belk. Sharing the memories actually is the only relationship that Parker really has um, with Grandpa Belk. Don't avoid connecting with your child because you feel helpless or uncomfortable or don't know what to say. So I think you and Alyssa went about it you know, with the with the materials and yeah, all of that. I never so, really know what to say. Yeah, it's it's hard to come up with something, but I think that you guys didn't avoid connecting with the children. You mm. actually had tools that you brought we in. We did not avoid the noid. You did not, but you're making me hungry for dominoes. Uh don't hey, hey they could be a sponsor someday. Uh don't change the <laughs> subject when your child comes into the room. If you're talking about something you know, continue on. Don't change the subject. This is what's going on. Uh, don't change your daily routine. I got to kind of explain this when they say children need consistency. Try yep. as much as possible to keep your usual daily routine at home and work. Also try to ensure that your child continues to take part in their usual activities like school and social events. Next one, don't think uh, that death puts a ban on laughter. Something happy, a happy memory comes along. Throw it out there. Try to get some laughs in. It's not taboo. Uh, you you need that levity sometimes. And then uh, don't put a time limit on your child's bereavement or your own. I think that's. They, I think we should send that to most employers. Yes, exactly. Two days. Oh, Two okay. day. oh I'm I'm all over it now. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. Here is the do's, and I'll go through these quickly. Tell the truth about what happened right away. Yep. Don't beat around the bush. Kids are smart. Uh, they will start coming up with stuff in their heads, making their own conclusions. So you need to, to make sure that they're getting the right conclusions. Be prepared for a variety of emotional responses. Uh, I think going into this, realizing that however you approach this subject, your child will be upset or perhaps even angry at the loss. Accept your child's emotional reactions. You will have time to address things again after your child has had time to process the initial trauma. So I think... Be prepared for a variety of emotional responses. Make sure to use the words dead or died. Don't sugarcoat it. Gone away. All of that stuff is yep. uh, not explaining exactly what happened because they could say, well, when are they coming back if you say they went away? Mm-hmm. Uh, so use the words dead and uh, and died. Uh, share information in doses. Don't throw it all out at once. Gauge what your child can handle by giving information in small bits at a time. You'll know what more to do based on the questions your child is asking. Uh, be comfortable saying, I don't know. Uh, having all the answers is never easy, especially during such a, uh, uh, a time of heartache. It's helpful to tell your child that you may not know about certain things like, how did grandpa die? What happened to Aunt Rita at the funeral home? What mm-hmm. makes Spike run into the street, Mommy? Or other unanswerable questions. We talked about it earlier. For a kid, there's a good chance that losing a family pet is going to be more impactful sometimes in certain situations than mm-hmm. losing a loved one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because kids bond with the animals so much. And, and that's what it's saying. They may s- ask the question, you know, why did, why did our dog run out into the street and, and get hit? It's okay to say, I don't know, but here's what we're going to do. And then you carry on from there. Uh, Cry. Cry together. Cry often. It's healthy and it's healing. We got uh, just a couple more here. Allow your child to participate in the rituals. 
we all have different rituals for healing, for going through the different emotional uh, uh, stages the, of grief. Uh, so let them participate in the rituals. Let your child grieve in his or her own way. Let your child grieve in his or her own way. Uh, I think that that's, that's very important because his or her... I think that's very important because his or her own way uh, could be anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, just just let them uh, let them get it out. Prepare your child for what they will see in the funeral home or service. It can be a little jarring. Uh, so beforehand, uh, let them know what's going to be going on there. Let them know that there's going to be people crying. Let them know that there's going to be, you know, the, the deceased is going to be there. And, uh, you know, in, in some cases, in some cases. Um, so just prepare them. Um, the last three, prepare your child for the future without your loved ones. I think that that's important. Prepare to talk about thoughts and feelings often. And remember to take care of yourself. As a parent, we sometimes forget about taking care of ourselves during this time. Children learn what they see. So be a role model for self-care at this critical time. Yeah, That was a good list. That was a very good list. That man. was a good list. Good job. Thank you. I appreciate that. And there's some helpful tips on uh, if you are experiencing this, if you are dreading uh, when the time comes that you have to experience this um, or you're having problems currently in yeah. dealing with this, hopefully we've given a little bit of, of insight. And, and we've showed emotion today, my yeah. friend. We've showed emotion. We are not emotionless zombies, robots from Mars. Do you think there really are zombie robots? I am an emotionless automaton <laughs> robot from Mars. I don't know. <laughs> Who eats brains? <laughs> <laughs> Why would a robot need organic material, Dan? You know what, Aaron? Just lay off, man. Okay, sorry. I'm a scientist. <laughs> if any of you dads out there, any of you moms out there, parents, adults, got that reference? Comment down below. Yes, comment down below. <laughs> send, us a, send us an email. The first just, one. Just what movie it's from. Yes. First one that does. Uh, gets You'll get a pat on the back. Yeah. A shout out. I'll shout I'll, out. I'll do a video a shout video out. shout out. Lay off, man. I'm a scientist. Or we could send him a shirt. Oh, we could. We could send him a shirt. A coffee mug shirt. You you get to name it. If you comment what that's the from. first person that sends us an email, not have to add pod at gmail dot com. That's right. We'll send you a t shirt. You can also find a us not have to add t shirt. Yes. Oh, I like that. I like that. And we could even sign it if they want. <sighs> Don't. Celebrities. We're famous. Far from it, my friend. <laughs> Far from it, but that's not why we're here. We're here for you, the right. dads. And if you want to find out more about us and get uh, all of our catalogs of all of our interesting things, you can find it at www.nothalfdad.com. I felt like I was in a commercial there. www. www. I was always taught in communications, mass communications in college. I was always told, double U. It's two U's put together, not W, WWW. See, I like to say things like George W. 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 Not have dad.com. <laughs> <laughs> that was. 
That was passable. I'll give it to you. That was passable. I like that. I like that. Uh, My fatherly advice for everybody today is simply death is something that we all have to deal with. Um, And, you know, prepare your children. Um, Talk to your Talk to your spouse, talk to your friend, talk to your neighbor, whoever may be there. Uh, if you need help in dealing with that situation, don't ever be scared to ask for help because it's something that we're all going to have to deal with uh, with our children. And um, uh, just uh, be prepared. That is that is my fatherly advice for the day. For the day, because those developing little minds, they need the guidance. Yeah. I'm not going to do a dad joke. I don't think you should do a dad joke today. Yeah. No. It's not appropriate. <laughs> no. But you know what is appropriate? That our hearts go out to all of you that have lost a loved one. Yep. Um, and we here at Not Half Dad are always there for you. Uh, if you need anything, we are always available. You can email us. You can drop us a line on Facebook, anything like that. Uh over any topic that we ever talk about on this show. But today specifically, if there's ever something that you need, if you're dealing, grieving with the loss of a loved one or need help and how to deal with your kids, uh, drop us a line. We'll, we'll, we'll give you, we'll give you more information that we've got. We're, we're just here to try to help. So, um, and Aaron, especially he's good with that kind of stuff. You are a beast. I'm not talking about it, but I'm good with resources. You are good. No, you are good with just uh, uh, comforting. You have oh, a comforting thank presence. Thank you. You big, awesome thing, you. I don't, what? I don't know. Let's go and wrap it up. Aaron, can you? That's so weird. <laughs> Aaron, can you go ahead and take us out, my friend? If you want to send us an email, tell us a story, or give us some feedback, you can do that at nothalfdadpod at gmail.com. If you want to find us on social media, we are at nothalfdadpod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, if you want some more information, including show notes, resources, and other information, visit nothalfdad.com. We are going to be at the PeoriaCon on October 2nd from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Expo Gardens here in Peoria. So come on by and say hi. Uh, Our shirts are available on our merch store, which is listed down in the description. And I just want to thank everybody for joining us this week. Uh, And we hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, make sure you give us a like, a share. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review. It really does help out the show. Please join us next week for another episode of the Not Half Dad Podcast. Keep it real, homies.